Welcome in to the first edition of Big Red Lily Podcast during football season. Football is finally back, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about for the first time in what feels like forever. Uh, wonderful, wonderful Friday evening as Louisville gets ready to head back on the field tomorrow night. But uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about Notre Dame, we're talk a little bit about basketball recruiting, talk a little bit about Eastern Kentucky. I think that it's it's relevant enough. Joining me is my partner in crime, Presley Meyer. How are you, man? Evening. I'm pleasant. Good. Unusual weekend podcast episode. I, I know, like right? Typically, it's like Tuesday nights. We're dreading yeah. going back to work. Tonight's a little bit different. It might get wild. Speak for yourself. But yeah, <laughs> that's true. My my bad. Alex Stingle, how are you, man? I'm good, dude. I'm good. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited that we actually get to uh, not only talk about Louisville football, but also don't have to like duck and cover about how God, embarrassing of a game it was. Opportunity. I thought you were going to say, we don't get to talk about Louisville football, we get to be about Louisville football. Oh. Boys, we're going to be family, all right? It's going to be family. You'll learn. Don't talk about it. Be about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm still working on that. Like, I'll just practice. You know what? I got to say this. I've heard a lot of really good Bobby Petrino impersonations, and over the time, they were funny, and then they got to be annoying. I am really looking forward to the first person who masters the Scott Satterfield. There's so much more soundbite, because, like, instead of Bobby... You're not just having to repeat the same five words. Like those are easy to master because he just said the same things over and over again. Yeah, I mean the the like and with a very monotone expression. At least like our coach now has, you know, enthusiasm and, he's got and the, a personality yeah. that people actually like can listen to and more that, than that three like, seconds. North Carolina like slang. Like, oh, dude, the, the little little bit he's got on his voice where it's just kind of like molasses. It's out something. Your mouth. It's like, something it's about so like good. a twang that makes a football coach seem that much more professional, dude. I just in my opinion, him. like I don't know why, but every time I hear a football coach that has a twang, I'm like, all right, that dude probably knows. He knows what he's talking. He about. knows what he's talking. I want to hear him bit. and Gunter just like locked in a room, just talking just about life. I wonder if the first meeting like those players had where they heard. Satterfield and, and Gunter back to back. They're like, like what the hell from, are we man? getting into? <laughs> where are these dudes? All right, I'm from? in the portal. I, I can't take this. This is too much. This is too much twang for me. Well, there's a there's been a lot that's happened clearly since the last time we spoke. We recorded what last Tuesday night. So between now and then, there's been a football game. There's been a, a TV show. Um, we're one day away from another football game. So five days in between games, yeah. which is really interesting to me. I'd say like three-fourths of a TV show. I wouldn't say like the whole TV show. Yeah. I, I've yet let's to talk see, about that for I've a yet second. to see the last because thanks to the Wake Forest I don't think it game, exists. Yeah, it doesn't exist. Somebody says it does. Look, I don't believe it. I've seen it. And it's great. Look, Wake Forest you, Wait, was, you just said you haven't seen it. I, ju- I just said that I've seen it, but I didn't record it. Oh, you yeah, saw yeah, the yeah. ending but didn't record it. I, know. I, I gave no, you guys a whole. I gave exist. you guys a full breakdown. There's some kind of conspiracy happening here where they're hiding something so, from us that we don't get to I see. I literally and tried you to. You're acting like you know, but you have no idea. Yeah, so I don't I, know if it's my ESPN app on my Xbox, but I went back. It's it showed an hour, and I clicked on it, and then it literally only loads to the 38 minute mark of yeah. you know. So what? Uh, I can Ledford given his kind of a summary of what happens, and you guys can go back and find it at some point. It's the first it's, scrimmage, correct? Yeah. It's so okay. it, it's the, I believe it's the first, it's the, it's the same day they have their their uh their picture day. Oh, that's uh, was that the fan fest night where they did? Yes. Okay, so yeah. that's second scrimmage. So yeah. that's like right. a week and a half before the the season actually starts. I think. I don't know if they did pictures and fan fest the same day. I think they did. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I they could have chopped. I mean, they were filming it all the way up until yeah. basically the first game, so they could have used 
you know, basically from what I heard Presley was mm-hmm. that they made Juwan look terrible. You know, the coach said a few things to him and then, and then he looks amazing. What did he say? What did he say? Give me, give, oh, how no, they, did he say it? And what did he say? I mean, well, and I mean, Alex, Alex would probably tell it better, but it was more like, you know, something along the lines of pass throws a pick. And uh, he just brings him over to the sideline. He's like, son, let me tell you something, all right? We're just going to get back out there. We're going to have a good head on our shoulders, all right? We're going to keep pushing along, keep pushing along, you know? I love you. <laughs> Go make that throw. That's exactly yeah, what he probably Boy, said. Family. We're right here with you. It is literally, you know, made for TV, though, because then they go back out in the offense, score yeah. seven straight drives. And then they even show, so they put in, uh, there's like a whole segment where they put in 2-2 at quarterback, and he scores – like in their red zone segment, they have like a whole package for Tutu. So a, a part of me wonders, because I watched that, I think, Tuesday night. So a part of me wonders if maybe they kept that stuff away because they didn't want Notre Dame seeing that. I, I think I for sure. Here's what people, um, in my mind, like I, I think there's a few really intriguing aspects, right? I don't think we saw, like Presley just said, I don't think we saw even probably three-fourths of that playbook. One, because Malik's out. And we've heard we we know that he's going to be included in some capacity, sure. Even if Puma's QB one, uh, and the other thing was, you know, you're also talking about our starting tight end was out, so that's two people that basically you've been scheming for uh, or creating plays for that you couldn't use. And then thirdly, yeah, we've all heard and seen you know glimpses of this this 2-2 package to where not only just, you know, plays of, of maybe like a flea flicker or anything like that, but I legitimately think they're going to use him way more than what we just mm-hmm. saw in the Notre Dame game. But Agreed. you don't even have to give that out until probably, you know, the until your conference game. So I'm really right. thinking that's what gives me hope. Not yeah. only just the, the crap and craziness that's going down in Tallahassee right now with whatever the hell they're talking about with hydration and, you know, let me give you your hundredth reason why we didn't win this game at home this time. But, um, but I think that's that that kind of just allows us to have more leverage going into that first away game, uh, is being able to utilize the kids we didn't have before, and and with that the packages that we haven't seen yet. So after hearing all that and seeing us the first game, yeah, I think I I do like my reaffirmationed you know FSU is going to be our first ACC like upset road win. So I think I've said that from the get go, and nothing this weekend made me backtrack on that so on the show the the thing that was really interesting and i didn't even know that they were going to show it but it was the injury to malik because i watched it i think my, my buddy tyler and i rewinded Ooh. it four or five times that made me so much more mad than i thought well, it, seeing it on film I'm it's like, a it's total so pre- accident like pro- the guy running around the quarterback just accidentally so preventable though like it, no it, dude if you watch it, hard knocks if you watch yeah, any of those shows like any show that has any kind of practice training camp somebody always hits the quarterback it's what happens when you're running full speed yeah you can't just all the time slow down things mm-hmm. happen but the play didn't – I didn't see anything like a knee bend awkwardly. Like, it was really weird. And then Malik was like, yeah, it's just a freak thing. Yeah, like, it just looked kneecapped to knee – like, it, it looked like a kneecap hitting another knee. Yeah. Like, sideways. I mean, and, like, and yeah. And Dr. Satterfield on the sideline, like, oh, he just hyperextended it. It's fine. No, I'm I like, mean, how do you know that, man? Right. It just happened. What do you mean that he hyperextended it? I was it? just going to say, like, a weird, like, bone bruise. You know, yeah, something, something just weird. Yeah. Like, he didn't ever look, besides the first couple weeks where he was, like, on – you know, like limping and crutches yeah. and ice mm-hmm. and like that looked terrible. But then like the the quickness of his progression since he's even been back to I mean, within the first couple of days you heard him back at practice. Yeah. You heard him people tweeting about, Oh, he's already making cuts. He's mm-hmm. already he's already running, 
you know, 100%. He's already doing – so everything that just tells me, you know, it's it's not like a super serious ligament. It's right. not, you know, any sort yeah, of tendon issue. It was just like you said, a like pain, a weird like – soreness, yeah. Right, soreness, but you can't – you can't do anything about that, but except just to wait it out. And and he said on the show too. He'll, he said it's really his first significant injury ever. So when you when it's your first time experience, right. that, that is kind of so stuff. wild, man. It'd be That's like so wild. Same thing with uh, if Lamar gets injured, you right, know, with right. anything more than a week. Yeah, I we've mean, never seen it. He, we've never seen. Yeah, he that. said he's never he's never been hurt before. Besides it's crazy um, turf toe. I think that's I gonna I was gonna ask you about something about the show. Oh, Dale Jones. He's him and Gunter are the stars oh of the show, my right? Yeah. I've walked away and and then the other thing was the picture that we tweeted out on the Big Red Lou account. I I apologize for the grammar issue. <laughs> I but the picture of Dwayne Ledford being just dwarfed by Mackay Beckton is one of my favorite things. Like if we were if we were gonna change our profile picture on Twitter, I think that would be it. Right. I love if that the, picture. If you look at the, the sideline, so Ledford on offense stands right next to Satterfield when they call the plays. Ledford makes he looks like he's Satterfield's bodyguard, like he's like wearing like a T-shirt. Dude, he's big, like, man. He's so th- that's what makes that picture so crazy. Is Dwayne Ledford was an NFL offensive lineman? Yeah, Mackay looks like his daddy. Like I mean, like he's twice mm-hmm. the size of him. Yeah, I can't well, believe I just said that. That is really that, weird. But and then <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> after I mean, practice wild, presser man. though, like when he was on uh, the after practice presser the other day, like he, I, I forgot who tweeted about it, but somebody was like his. His arms is bigger are, than are, my are literally bigger than my thighs, and I'm like, I looked at those arms. I was like, actually, those yeah, arms that's, could that's, be legs. Like I could totally it really see. Are. Sometimes I think my thumb looks like a toe, and like I could see people. That's my my comparison is the the arm and the leg. Like right. it's just the it's your perspective on the way that it looks. Right. Well, like most okay, like when you're talking about bigger linemen, right? Like a lot of linemen like to toot their own horn and pump their chest and run run it behind me, blah blah blah. Like this is one of those few instances where everyone's like, no, literally run it behind him. Right. Even if he, like, goes, you know, two-on-one blocks, you can still at least get a couple yards so, just falling forward. The dude is, is Goliath. So I, I, another one. So Julian Aquara, I think is how you say his name, that's that's Notre Dame's premier pass rusher. And I haven't watched the game live, so I don't know if he lined up against McConaughey. Well, they Beckton, had, like, but, two elite Yeah, so, but this guy is 6'5", essentially, 6'4 248 pounds. So Mackay Becton has almost four inches on him. And close to about 55, 60 pounds. This dude is an NFL defensive lineman. That, I mean, that should put into perspective how big Makai is. But anyways, Dale Jones, Gunter Brewer, man. They, I'm like, I, what I would do to play for either of those guys. Super impressive, man. I mean, the thing about Dale Jones that was, I, I just, I couldn't believe like he was just. Do you know why like, I'm here? Like, yes. That, that is I not did what not I know he was to, a screamer. Like I know, that. man. But the thing is that like how he got into that was so wild he because looked, the show it it sounded like he was just gonna be like, yeah, I want to talk about what matters. Let's just talk about ourselves for a little bit. Right. And then he's like, I love you guys. <laughs> like, he's screaming. His face is red. Like, we're family. We're family. Dude, I'm I like, think, what is happening? I think they, How do we get here? They, like, glanced over to Juwan during that man's, like, scream session. Yeah. And, like, everyone's faces was, like, that meme of, like, the little kid where he's just, like, looking back and forth. Like, what is yeah. what is happening right now? Like, everyone just looked like. I oh, thought it was oh, pretty. Okay, like, it was really inspiring, but it was pretty funny. Like, when you think about well, why that, he's just screaming. If that's, like, your first interaction like yeah i'm not gonna take it to heart because I, I don't know you yet you're a stranger right. to me yeah i, just I have no idea how like... well they knew him i would be sitting there like if you remember the the famous gif of gorgie where he gets yelled at by coach patino oh, yeah, and, and then he covers his mouth up yeah, yeah. He laughs. like i can envision a lot of them like having their hoodies right. up over their mouths just the trying funny, so hard not like to this laugh. is goof the funny part is like satterfield this. gets up there and he's just like 
Yeah, that was the, that was Coach Jones, real uh, one of the more passionate guys that I know. Yes, real, real passionate guy. <laughs> right. And yeah. it's crazy. Like every photo I've seen of Dale Jones, he just looks like the dad of the staff. Because yeah. like most of the staff is is younger, thirties, forties. You know, energetic. Gun- Gunter's the grandpa. Dale's the dad. Yeah. And but what even about... when you hear Gunter, he sounds younger. Yeah. You know, but mm. but but yeah, Dale. You know, nothing wrong. So they I started. He was just the more calm one of the group, and apparently I was. No, you're way wrong there. Right. But, totally. But wrong. it only comes out. See, the, his personality it only comes out when he's like really fired up. Otherwise, I bet he's real level headed. For sure. But so they start showing early in the show the staff kind of doing things together, the paintball, and they show the basketball them starting to play at the at the SRC or whatever the new student rec center is called. I've not, I've not been there since I graduated. But my buddy Tyler is like, I bet you. This is before they even start playing. He's like, I bet you, Coach Sad is wet. Like I bet he's got a jumper. <laughs> soon enough as soon as he touches the ball dude he has a shot like he I'm looks like, smooth he's such a dad the way he runs and plays like he's like a lot like me like i'm just like a little bit out of shape and it just takes a little bit of getting into a game and feeling <laughs> comfortable to where i can start to actually like shoot the ball again even though i haven't picked one up in like 12 months and that's what it was with him and he just had a stroke man. i have a full belief that if we didn't have a game tomorrow like if we had a bye week he would be at the chris mack fantasy camp right now just making it rain on these like pickup scrimmages, I can see oh, that. Oh, he would. Oh, I guarantee it. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit about the game. I I think that uh, we can talk about that show for forever. There's some things that I liked about it. There's some things that I didn't like about it. But I want to talk about the game because I I don't know about you. This is one of the weirdest season and like just beginning because we had no clue what to expect with what was going to be put out on the field. We've written about it for months and months and months, and it's just so different. And there's no way to ever tell how a new coach is going to transition. And you can only, you know, go off of what they say with certain players and where they're at progress-wise. So I really didn't know what to expect. I don't know where you guys were on this. But I was so excited. Like, I don't know if I've ever been that excited for a football game. It was so – and the building, the second you and I, Alex, we stepped in, you could feel it. Like, you could just feel how crazy – just that – and I said it last week, the fans were waiting. We're just waiting to be happy about football again. All it took. You know, and talk about even the first five minutes of the game were a damn roller coaster because you watch us just, I mean. The first play of the game Dorian like, played oh. such a good game, but yeah. that first play where he turned his back and sprinted downfield. Was it Dorian? I thought it was, was C.J. Avery. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was I'm Dorian. Like, and I'm like seeing okay. him on the field, and I'm like, where is he going? Yeah, There's something like, happening over there that I'm not aware you're, of. You ever been playing a video game? <laughs> the uh, player just glitches. And yeah, the player just <laughs> like, oh, No, 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 no. Yeah. C.J. Avery glitch. He's he the, gets like 30 yards upfield in like the – his man is like just yeah. running, just straight. Or the equivalent him. of that in basketball is you go to the wrong hoop. Like right. that's yes. what he did. He went Ian, to the wrong hoop. Ian Book would have had a hole like maybe four yards. It's that dude. I mean, I mean he that, was like right on the line of scrimmage, so, and he just takes off the other way. Well, so <laughs> they show the replay, and you're like, what is he doing? Like for me, the first five minutes, it was literally just like a oh crap, here it comes again. Like it's happening all over. We got so <laughs> yeah. pumped. We're, we're like, like, oh, it's you defense. literally looked at me, and you were like. They just got moved. Yeah, three oh, plays. They, did, dude. they yeah, got they, moved. They really did get just picked off the line, and that's and then, gonna happen. And then with five minutes later, we're jumping up and down. We're like, we're moving them. Yeah, like, it's crazy. I'd never. I don't think I remember being that excited just to s- sustain a drive. Yeah, and on I offense. don't. I don't think I've ever been as without excited a penalty about a thirty-five to seventeen loss. Well, like, and I that's mean, the, the, that's the thing. We have so many. Like I, I was writing down a list. We have so many things to still work on them in, and you know, correct. And I was just kind of writing down. Because I'm so pessimistic, just writing down all the cons of like, you know, just things I noticed sure. that you didn't like, like you were talking about. Yeah. But I've never been so happy about writing down like, all right, yeah, we got to work on this. This is bad. This is bad. But then overall, like the yeah. overall bar well, was so much higher. I just generally thought it would be that I have no, I have no problem 
with what we need to work on. No, like, no with, doubt. With where we're currently right. at, yeah. I'm convinced. Because you didn't expect to run the ball for 252 yards against the ninth ranked team who gave up last year an average of 103 yards no, a game. You just when never expected when you're talking that. About, all we've heard about was how, right. how formidable their defense is. Oh, their yeah, defensive yeah. line is going to crush us, I, and we have no backup depth on, on O-line and all this crap. And yeah. then we go out and just show up. Yeah, And, and, and then not we show even up that. and show out. And I, I really appreciated that, at least from the linemen, because you, you mm. could tell they had something to prove. Yeah, and with, with Javian, I mean – a week and a half ago, we were like, oh, he's going to be the guy that they changed the pace with. Like, he's right. not going to be the lead back. And no. then, you know, last week the depth chart comes out, and we're like, okay, that's interesting. It still will probably be Hassan Hall, and right, Javian just gets out there first because right. whatever they do with scheme or whatever. Like, my 25 impact players, like, i got to bury that crap deep down in the and BRL that's the, website because so I'm already example, totally wrong. But yeah. that's the perfect example of what we were. What I was just saying. Like, what do you expect? We can only guess so much, but then you show up and you got uh, two walk-ons playing on defense. you got a walk-on playing tight end, and he ends up being one of your leading receivers. Like, no one could have wrote that down. Like, if you were like, before the game, I'm going to write down five things that are going to happen. Dude. Walk-on tight end having a 43-yard gain is Marshawn, probably not one of them. He is strong. Like, I knew he was strong, but, like, when he – Planted his feet in yeah. the ground, and that back tried to tackle him and just flew off. Like he grabbed him. He's, like he's he wrapped athletic him, too. Yeah, he's he wrapped super around athletic, him. Man. But the dude has like tree trunks for legs as yeah. well. So like when you get in that position, you're not, you're like, all right, I'm. He's about to try to tackle me, but you know you can plant your feet and they can get thrown off. Yeah. Without even hesitation, man. Like he didn't flinch when that dude tried to tackle him. Yeah. And it, he still made another twenty yards after that. I I think this is gonna sound silly when I say it, but. It, they literally got a little bit better at everything. There were a lot of things that they got a lot better at. Right. Obviously, with blocking, I thought the offensive line, regardless of how it graded out, I think that they played well. I think that they which, struggled to give Juwan a lot of time, which, again, that's that's what happens when you play the number nine ranked team. You're going to struggle without with, playing a game prior. Right, exactly. Like that, that's the thing. And you already have a quarterback who, like, you know, it's kind of shaky. You don't, you know, you've right. got to give the guy some time to make things happen. Um, but they got better at, of, of everything. Every mm-hmm. phase of the game, they got better. Obviously, the turnovers really, really sucked. Um, but but they a couple like, of those were freak plays. Yeah, they're freak. It just happens. And the I, thing with Jawan getting the ball punched out, like he, like Coach Satterfield said, like he's just got to hold that ball. Like he's right. either got to get down or he's got to really wrap and, the ball. Well, and up. that's the thing. Like when he talked about, it, he's like, he's like, we can correct it by tucking the ball. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, if he's give, if he's committing these fumbles. After doing what we told him he needed to do, then that would be more concerning. But he didn't seem concerned at all because he's like, well, yeah, I saw the fumbles because he was holding it, you know, as he puts it, like a loaf of bread. Right. And then, you know, he's like, of course it's going to get hit. He's like, because he's a bigger guy. He's taller. Um, he's not as, you know, uniquely agile as Lamar was. But, man, he, he so, looks yeah, ripped, you're, you're man. Have to tuck, well, I'm just saying you're going to have to tuck it. Yeah. And I think those are very fundamental things that Satterfield feels confident that he can correct in a short amount of time. Very, very true. What biggest takeaway passing, offense? I don't know. <laughs> biggest takeaway offense, whether it's positive or negative, Presley. What, what's the thing that you walked away just? I mean, thinking the, the biggest general. takeaway on, on offense for me is if they don't fumble until they, they Louisville is absolutely 100% fighting with a chance to win that game with five minutes left in the game. If you think about the way that the drives are situated, like we have the game on the background right now. So they fumbled twice. They gave Notre Dame the ball twice in three plays inside of their own 20. I don't even want to hear left. John. We missed all three I don't want to hear John Beeson's comment. Didn't we? We were up in the – we were trying to find you and no, I'm, t- I'm, took no, forever. I, yeah, I, I didn't see a fumble live. We were, live. We were I, on the party deck already trying to find them. Uh, I think because we got up there with like two minutes yeah, left. Yeah, and in he the, fumbled, the and then Notre Dame fumbled, and then they fumbled again. I'm <laughs> the like, whole, what, what just happened? I just I remember just the, trying to get a beer, but nobody the, takes any the whole uh, party deck. Cards. The whole party deck lifted their beers when, uh, like, 
everyone's like, oh. And then we're like, oh, shit. Okay, we fumbled. Yeah. And then everybody, like, we're still waiting in line. And everyone's like, yeah. We look up at the giant Jumbotron. And, and then and then you see we got we got the ball back. And we're like, hell yeah. All right. And all then right. once again. And then you hear everybody behind us like, what the hell? <laughs> and I'm like, what, what happened? We, we literally just recovered a fumble. And they're like, right. no, no, so, no. They just recovered another fumble. So if you just think about the logistics of – the way the way Louisville's game went offensively, so they had almost 400 yards of offense, which is awesome against a, a team of Notre Dame's caliber on defense. Given the entire situation, you know, with with uh, Louisville coming off a two-ten season, with them being the worst defense in the country last year, with them being one of the worst offenses in the country last year, everything that goes into that time of possession, all of that stuff, Louisville was right there hanging with Notre Dame the entire game. It was the basically three the first, last two possessions. Uh, if you want to call it that, of the first half, and then the first possession of the second half. Um, you know, all Louisville had to do is, you know, that Notre Dame was going to get the ball back maybe with 20, 30 seconds left on Louisville's side, of, or on their own side of the field. They probably weren't going to score. Um, you know, probably going to be tied going into the half if, if, if pass just goes down on that play. Um, they give it up, give it back, then Notre Dame scores. So that's a seven-point swing right there that you just can't afford. Then the first drive of the second half, Notre Dame is, or I'm excuse me, Louisville is driving, um, get down and and deep in their own territory where they're at least going to score a field goal and then fumble again. Yep. And that, um, that's and the that, thing, like you 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 gave you literally handed Notre Dame a touchdown. Yeah. Like so, you're already talking about like right. when you're when you're talking about a major upset. You can't do you, that. You can't. No. And and we were always you know famous for shooting ourselves in the foot one way or the other but but when you have a top when you have a shot like a real chance of beating a top 10 team yeah like you can make minor mistakes like we made and still kind of maybe get away with it down the road but like you can't commit like giant giant things like that it's i mean you know i'm I'm watching right now so notre dame gets gets the ball back at louisville's 26 yard line they're right like they're about to fumble the ball back here i don't know if it's the first time you guys have seen this but they're going to fumble the ball back here. Louisville's going to get the ball back at their 23. Then they're going to fumble it even closer back into their red zone. Yeah. So it's just just you can't shoot yourself in the foot there. I mean, if this happens on your own side of the field, that's one thing because Notre Dame still has to drive 50, 60 yards. And your defense is held up pretty okay at exactly. this point. Exactly. Yeah. But it's, it's like uh, – it's like in the Sugar Bowl when, it, you know, everybody's like, oh, here we go again. When when Florida scores, like, close to the end right. of the half, uh, fortunately that game ended up better for us. Yeah. Um, but, you know – you, you just cannot make those kind of mistakes. Like you just you have to hold on to the ball, especially on on an inconsequential play. If they're if you're gonna turn the ball over, make it on something where you're taking a risk, not where you're right. going down on a long third down run. I will say in general it's great to see like with Book committing more than one turn like more than one fumble, I don't think he expected our defense to put any pressure on him. I thought he was Gonna, you know, oh, well, basically, he, he, like just he fumbled, walked into he fumbled it. once, but he was sacked three well, no, times. He was he, he was, fumbled once, but we popped the ball out. Yeah, they had, that, they, yeah, yeah. I mean, he there is they had four quarterback hurries officially, and now I think there were other, several other opportunities for Louisville to get. Right. And, and there's like a he, lot of scenarios in that game where you could just say if Louisville just did this, right, like, right, they right. were just one step further this way. Like, which we were is looking the at exciting the, part though, because we didn't even think we'd be there. Talking yeah, about it like, this. and they had a play in the first quarter, which Eric Wood called on the ACC broadcast. He called it that you know a defensive lineman getting the the hand from the grave, where at the last second they get it. And I think it was Jared Goldwire who tipped the ball up. And if Russ Yeast is one or two steps further ahead than where he is, if he's not in the middle of a back pedal, that's a pick six. Right? It's yeah. a pick six. Yeah, and that's 100%. a completely different ball game. Like that kind of play is what changes everything. And the thing for me, the biggest takeaway was Louisville played defensively all or nothing. 
Like, right. like now they, they still took care of business underneath, right? We talk about they're going to give up place. But when I say all or nothing, like they, they said on the ACC broadcast, an all-out blitz in the middle of the game when you're still competitive knowing that you're, you know, far, you know, inferior team. Like you're nowhere near as good as Notre Dame and you come with everything. Like that's either going to be a touchdown or that's going to be a big loss. Mm-hmm. And when you're playing to allow that to happen, it shows that you got all your cards on the table, no pun intended. Like yeah. you're trying to win. See, right. I, I kind of disagree <laughs> Um, I mean, we did see that one play um, where um, – who was it that, that had the first sack? I'm so sorry. Um, uh, it was Rajay Burns. It was Ra- Rajay Burns gets into the backfield. Uh, the running back misses assignment, and Burns gets an easy sack. Um, but if Book had another second, um, Kane passed completely, didn't even know the right – he was looking at the sideline trying to figure out what where he was supposed to be. There were basically two guys wide open that would have had a great score – great chance of scoring yeah. had the running back pick that up. So there were plays like that. But I disagree. I mean, so Book had the the uh, 37-yard run to start the game. That was their longest play the entire game. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I kind of disagree in, in that aspect because I think that the defense was more designed to um, – Brown's defense is, is, is a bend but not break defense. Right. And what, what I'm saying is they weren't playing of we're trying to just compete with you. Like they weren't mm-hmm. playing that. That's not what the game was. The game was – we feel like we can beat you. Like they came oh, out. Yeah, like that's what yes. I'm saying. Okay. They didn't rest on on their laurels. Like they came out ready to play with Notre oh, no, Dame. Yeah, there was no there was no hesitation, and everybody knew their assignments for for the most part. I, I think everybody was was yeah go, knew where they they were supposed to be, and they went at it aggressively. You, you can do one of two team one of two things when you play a team that's far better than you, right? You can be extremely conservative, and you can try to make sure that you manage the clock, make sure mm-hmm. that you you dot your eyes and cross your t's. Like you want to make sure that you play very careful. And then there's the aggressive where, like, we have no Fs to give. We have nothing to lose in this game. We're not coming out here to try to take it easy. We're going to try to bring the house. We're going to try to be extremely aggressive and come after you. And the defense did that throughout the night. And it happens, you know, when you're playing a team like Notre Dame, like, they're smart enough to take care of you. And the play on, you know, with Rajay Burns ultimately ended in a sack. But he had Chase Claypool and another receiver wide open for probably a 25, 30-yard gain. And we got the sack. You know, that can go either way. But right. it, they were aggressive, and it really paid off um, in certain scenarios. In other scenarios, you know, they got lost on the play, the first play of the game, where Book just happens to run free and get 35 yards. Like, yeah, right. that's probably going to be his biggest gain of the season. Probably, like, yeah, yes. on the ground. Like, first play of the game, and it whatever. Like, yeah, I'd rather them – I think – I don't know if I'd rather them do that than a penalty. But right. I'd, still, I right. obviously it ended okay. I think from me, my biggest takeaway um, – it's not only just the obvious general improvement on the defense, but um, I think going forward is definitely um, the other side of the offense. Uh, it, it, I would say is probably my biggest takeaway slash concern, uh, like most people. Just because if you can put up, even with all the what-if moments, right, of the game and mm-hmm. things like that, in my mind, Louisville put up 17 points, you know, on what is currently a top-10 team mm-hmm. um, with – Essentially, like a creative, but one-dimensional offense. Yeah, that's right? very and that true. Get, and that's the whole thing. Like, in, in my worry though is that if it doesn't improve, the film is out on Louisville now. Oh, in, no in, doubt. In terms of the run game, yeah. right? So, so yeah, there's going to be more, more, more schemes and sets like we're talking about mm-hmm. that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, with, they have. They didn't two-two. show everything. No, they yeah, didn't. No sh- doubt. They didn't show nearly everything. But, but the they thing showed is that they're going to run the football a if, lot. But if everybody, <laughs> that's kn- all you need if to know. everybody knows they struggle passing though. We're just gonna load the box well, every they single did time. That. Like they that. did that for the rest of the game. Well, they put, that's, they put the seven guys in and but, they scored three points. Right, and I'm glad everybody on the team is still proud of themselves. And you know they need to be upset about the loss, like Satterfield said, and things like that. 
but when you have one of our strongest strongest units on the team and the highlight of of Dev Desfritz Patrick's time on the field was a block? It, was a great block yeah. to to let Puma run into the end zone. I mean like we have to get the passing going in some way, shape, or form. Right. I don't care if it's a two-yard little dump pass to start creating yeah. things, but we have to get that going. So it it amazes me we, we scored that many points with that little of of a passing game. Yeah. So let me in, let me game one. let me read this to you, and you guys tell me when I read this whether or not this is the this is the what uh, what Scott Satterfield called winning football. So if this isn't Notre Dame and Louisville has this stat line, do they win the football game? Twenty one first downs to eighteen for Louisville advantage. Mm-hmm. Third down they go they stop Notre Dame what seven times they go five for twelve. So they get they got more. Th- I mean third down stops than they did the back half of last season in one game. Yep. They lose the total yards battle by about 40. It's 423 to 383, close to it. Uh, obviously, passing-wise, it's a, it's lopsided, but still, that doesn't matter because your total yards is right there. You're rushing. You outrush Notre Dame. Uh, you hold the ball longer than Notre Dame. The, the thing that kills you there is you got the eight penalties for 50 yards and the three turnovers. So you take those away and everything else. Is that a recipe of winning football games? Can you go 135 yards passing and 300 and, or 249 rushing yards and win most games in the ACC? Maybe. But my thing is is that you might not see as many – as creative as our rushing offense looked – like if people know that's really the only thing we have, right? But they're going to run the football regardless. Well, that's no, no, okay. no, that's that's what I'm saying. But yeah. when you're okay, we're talking about the QB battle. Uh, you know, yesterday, and my whole argument was okay. Well, if neither of these QBs can really pass the ball, they're just going to go with the quicker guy that can run it. Like that's the whole thing. Like if if he mm. knows, hey, all right, both these QBs can't really, like we're not going to be successful really passing this year. So what do you do? If Puma still struggles on passing, but he's doing decent on effective runs. Yeah, see, I like we talked about. I so disagree like there. I, I, you can't bring in a one-dimensional quarterback. It makes you a one-dimensional football team, at least with Juwan. And I, and we don't know. Malik could be far, like last year. The throwing limitations could have been a thing of Bobby's offense. Like we have no idea. I mean, I think that there's some film that shows that there's some struggle throwing the football deep to the sidelines. But like, there's no guarantee Malik's going to be any better of a passer either. And so. No, and, th- and that's what I'm saying. If they're both struggling, you got to keep the guy in there who can throw the football the best because you cannot win a football game running the ball Georgia Tech style. Like you have to be able to keep a defense honest. They're just going to continue to load the box up, which is what they did. But my my thing with this game is where do where do we fall on? Is are we overreacting to losing by 17 points? Are we overreacting thinking that Louisville was in this game? Is Notre Dame better than? Are they not as good as what we saw, like what we thought? Like where, where, like there's a couple of different things here. Where after we've celebrated no, get, for four days you. that we yeah. lost by 17 points, that you start yeah. to step back and you're like, come back down. Well, maybe Notre Dame's not that good. Like maybe right. we're kind of overhyping this loss. And I gotta keep emphasizing that word loss because you gotta put some perspective on it. Even if Notre Dame isn't number nine, right? Like even if they're already overranked in the preseason, um, I think. It is warranted in terms of the initial excitement we've all talked about the last four or five days. I think that's warranted because of the season they had last year. If we had a normal season last year, going even six and six, seven and five, eight and four, any of those, and then we lost seventeen to, or was it seventeen thirty-five something like yeah. that? I think then people wouldn't be nearly as you know we also probably wouldn't have Satterfield as a coach right now. But also, like, just the excitement level wouldn't be nearly as it is because we're not excited that we are only uh, that we beat the spread against Notre Dame, right? right. Like, that's great. Mm-hmm. 
you know, raw us. But I think we're excited because of just our own progression. Mm-hmm. We're not looking to we're not looking at other people to compare ourselves to other teams right now and things like that. Like we're just legitimately excited right. at our own team's progression. I, I don't think a lot of UK fans or other fans got like they're like, Why the hell are you guys like congrats on still losing a home opener, blah blah blah. And I was like, I don't like I get that. I get it's still a win loss black white right. column thing. Mm-hmm. But the progression in just eight months. Right. Like and that's the crazy part. No one thought they would progress that quickly. They thought it was a three year rebuild and now we're talking about, hey, maybe we can make a bowl if the passing comes along, maybe yeah. we can make a bowl game. Year I mean, one. The, the stats of from game one show the improvement overall. If you like I said, if you just take Notre Dame out of the equation and you look at what they did, now obviously having Notre Dame in that equation means a hell of a lot because you're talking about the number nine ranked team, but they played winning football and we've not seen that in several years you know even with Lamar they didn't do things on defense like get stops like that like you know towards the end with Sermon but like that's that's what I'm saying is there was just such incremental improvement that that's why I think it warrants us being excited I think I think we deserve to be excited dude everybody in that stadium was legitimately shocked Oh yeah. The first no 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 not even the first time we got a three now but the second because the first first time you're like all right that yeah, might no, be like happened. an anomaly like book might have missed a pass or something like that all right we got it like the Wake Forest game last year when the but, fans yeah. are like yeah third but, down conversion yeah, but like, then where's you, that been but then we got another one yeah, and we got another no, one right. it just kept and happening it, I can't I, mean, I couldn't happened. even count how and many we were had. we couldn't even like talk about it we were so giddy like, I did about, not expect to high five that many people. I'm like, dude, I was like, we didn't even realize. I'm we like were, climbing our section trying to high five as many We things. weren't even Nobody expecting to yeah. really see Notre Dame's punter like that much. Yeah, like we, we were happy that we're like, all right, we got a new defensive coordinator and he's got some really great ideas. And yeah. we, we're excited about this new unique scheme and maybe he can utilize some players. Which, shut up, John Benson. Beeson. What's his name? John Benson? I forget John his name. Beeson? God, get yeah. out of here, man. They're running around. He's roasting, they're not He sucks. He's just trying to be freaking Jonathan Velma. And we got to talk about that as well. Like that. The My Story thing um, that they're showing right now. Yeah, I haven't seen it. It's a one-minute clip is all it is, and you can find it on ESPN's app. Okay. Like under, I think I just typed in Lamar just to find it or something. Uh, but in between the games on these things, inside the you know all-access like right, right. Uh, watch party, whatever, um, they did this Lamar clip. And they have different players that do this, but it's called right. My Story. And it's just a little, you know, a little thing of a certain time or a highlight game. So obviously for Lamar, it was about the the huge upset against FSU uh, the other year. Sure. What he said though was was nuts because I like I went back because I saw Keith Swin tweet about it and he's like, dude, he's like Lamar said some shocking things in this one minute clip about what, you, what does he say exactly? Thanks. I was trying to yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, that is how that is it. how you I want to hear more. So what what now. did he say? So he basically went to Bobby before that game. And he was like, Coach, we're about to blow them out. And Bobby looks at him and he's like, ah, I don't know about that, but let's go out and you know try our best. Play hard. So Lamar goes to the back to the rest of the team. Like, he can't, y'all can't do it. He goes, <laughs> even our coach doesn't think we're about to beat this team and blow them out. So like Bobby became his own team's bulletin board motivation <laughs> to <laughs> blow out FSU That is wild, home. man. That's insane to me. That literally you have Lamar who's always optimistic, right, always right. thinking he can beat anybody because he can. Yeah. And so, then your own coach being like, ah, I mean, like, I hope we win, but I really don't think we will. So I, I think the the elephant in the room for Louisville fans 
after Notre Dame is Juwan Pass. I think a lot of fans are extremely excited about what they saw, especially running the football, because he looked like a completely different runner. He was so much more confident. In the decision-making. Yeah, the decision-making. That's the, the other thing The I was decisiveness, say. I think, yeah, and, is what I was And they said it on about. this ACC show. They're like, man, you can tell. I think it was um, it was Jack Collinsworth who's like, you can tell dude's just not thinking anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, he's right. just playing. He's just doing And you could see it as the game went on. I thought that there were some things that kind of showed up where Juwan looked to be kind of his old self. I don't know what the cause is for that. That's probably just confidence of getting beat like that, you know, playing well, against Notre Dame. As the game went on, they were down multiple possessions. I was right. going to say, I think on, a lot. I yeah, think for sure. as the score got a little bit wider, he yeah. he started getting a little more anxious. So the there are obvious, obvious passing downs, right? Right. You know, they're not when, gonna be when you're down that much, you're going to be throwing the football. Yeah. Correct. Well, and that's, that's one huge thing Satterfield even mentioned is that, you know, we can't get in these situations of third and 15, third and 12s, uh, even like third and 10s. He's like, he's like, we do these, unique running plays that gain like six to eight yards, things like mm-hmm. that. He's like, so we can have a manageable third down. He's like, I can't we, – we're not going to be successful if we have to rely on Puma to make a – because once it's third and 15, like, you know we're probably going to run the ball. Any team mm-hmm. – or any team's going to – you know we're probably going to pass the ball. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, like, the, the whole Satterfield's, like, unique play surprise part goes out the window. Sure. Because everyone knows, all right, we're just going to drop back and, and cover a ton of space because we know you're going to have to pass the ball. If we're getting in those situations consistently, that that's not going to bode well for success. And yeah. I, I agree because we did see agree. we we did see some of that, you know, in the Notre Dame game that we'd make one penalty, one bad throw, one bad mistake, and it leads to a third and not manageable. Sure. So here, here's what I say when I'm here's what I mean when I say elephant in the room. I'm not saying that there's any kind of quarterback battle, but what I'm saying is when you look at the statistics of Juwan Pass, I think the biggest thing is just the the number of throws that were missed. Now I, his receivers didn't help him out at all in this game. But and, and let me mention this: Notre Dame covered extremely well. That first play to Seth Dawkins was a great throw, but Seth Dawkins was blanketed, man. Like it looked yeah. like he had no chance of getting that ball. Mm-hmm. But Juwan goes 12 of 27, 134 yards, an average of just five yards per throw. Um, it, I think his completion percentage was 44. percent Like that is the that is concerning and a lot if you're in a vacuum that's concerning i that's think that a, that's is, the it, thing. is it concerning or is it encouraging no but in a vacuum it's yeah that's and what, it, when you look at 44 percent throwing the football man that's in any part of football that's not good no 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 i, I agree but that's what i'm saying in a vacuum that is very much concerning but when you right. look at the bigger picture and you see who he was playing against what he did do how he ran the ball what this you know like you talked about when the defense in the second half like there's a lot of elements in that that would make that number well, and you have, not as concerning to us and you have two straight weeks of of potential growth that sure. that not only can you utilize you're going to have to because the way we go into Tallahassee and upset FSU is not just going to be by only running the ball like we're going to have to rely on on strategic passing yeah like he's talking about because that, that's, year, that's the I mean, other half the of the offense, and he has a highlight reel of passing. People forget this. Like, like he's made some legit throws. And even, a lot of them, even in a Louisville Florida uniform, State. a lot of them came against Florida State. Like he last was, year. he was making mm-hmm. some some nice like chunk throws, and and I don't know, it, it's kind of like what Key said on our on our show, uh, what like a month ago, like he'll make one perfect pass. Yeah. And, and then, then just throw like three, three yeah, there was at some, like the feet. I think I looked at you at one point and I was like, man, that yeah, was a the, duck, man. Yeah, well, that was a duck. The screen yeah. pass. It was right. a screen pass. I forget. I think he was throwing it to Javian in the backfield. And it went backfield. like straight down. It, or and it, like, and it, it was like if I just grab a football and I throw it, it's going to like spin sideways and it's going to look really weird. Now, if I get time to put a spiral on it, it's going to look different. Mm-hmm. The ball just like twirled. I'm like, what happened with that football? Did it slip? Like what happened? But I, I, I'm curious what you think because – 
I think that a lot of fans are like, no, like the quarterback's fine. He's got to be, you know, he's going to, it's going to get better. And then there's a, the far side of the fan base who's always complaining about something, saying he's the right. same guy as last year. Like he's not changed. He just ran the ball better. And I think a lot of outsiders are saying that. Which has changed, they, by the way. No. <laughs> like, like Even that's changed. True. Right. And I think that, again, I've said this repeatedly since the middle of the game the other night. I, I think that you just have to let the cake bake. And I, I know. I've I've been saying that a lot about just the season in general, but with pass, you just have to you have to see how he reacts to not having um, the threat of somebody. You know, I don't think the pass is going to play like a a below average game, and they're just going to yank him. Like no, I think that they're going to continue to give him chances until he runs out of. Well, chances. and that's what Scott Satterfield said this week. He said is his basically overall. He's like as long as he's not turning the football over, like it's good. Right. And he wasn't talking about anybody in specifics, but clearly it was about whoever the starter is or whoever is playing at quarterback, as long as you don't turn the ball over three times every game and you you make good throws and you show us some things, yep. that's a different story. If if he had come out and he didn't run the ball well and he looked like, you know, the same guy in terms right. of just being a, a deer in the headlights in the pocket and decision-making, I think that a concern, like if we're, ha we're having a completely different conversation about like, man, I don't think that's the dude. I really don't. But right now, I agree. I think so you let the kick bake because I, he showed a lot of improvement. All right. So, so here's and here, here's what I'll say about pass because I've been pretty defensive of him because I think that he's an extremely I think he's extremely talented. I just think it's all a mental thing. There are plenty of players out there who have what it takes. They just have to get over that mental barrier. Now, if you look at so I counted just myself, and there might have been even more. Pass had five drops. Yeah. Like drops. Oh hit man, Thomas in. Jackson, the one over Dude, the middle. Oh, that okay. pit, that pass made me the most so mad. Aside okay. from the fact that no those, offense, Thomas Jackson, but damn, you came here to catch the football, dude. Catch it. It's your first time getting the opportunity to catch the ball. Catch it. Aside from the fact that four out of those five would probably would have resulted in a first down, which could just I think completely all of change them the dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Right. So number one, that changed the dynamic of the game. Number two, if they just catch those five passes, which it could have been more, like Javion Hawkins, or I'm sorry, Tutu Atwell had that. We've watched the replay a hundred times. Oh, now. that that's not he his caught, fault, but yeah. He caught a touchdown in the back of the end zone. Again, that's ruled an incompletion. All of a sudden, that's considered a bad throw because it's, quote, incomplete. That's not, that's not no, a bad throw. No, that was a great throw. It's a great so, throw. So, again, so that's right there. That's five catches. That would have made him 17 for 27. If you go 17 for 27, that goes from, what, 44% to 62%. 62% is what, what everybody's been that saying. Is he just the, throws right. That's the magical window. I okay, think it's like so, above 55 and you're good, man. And then again, so like you just eliminate the, the small mistakes, drop passes, fumbled balls. Louisville is right there. Like I don't care what anybody says. Louisville mm. is right there. All right, so that, and that, uh, again, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you guys will play devil's advocate advocate to that but surprisingly no i was actually so, gonna jump on his uh enthusiasm bandwagon the last the last thing i was gonna say and i'll let you take over here but notre dame four penalties for 20 yards notre dame turned over the ball one time and it was inconsequential because we turned it right back over yeah right. so it's essentially so, nothing so, yeah so everybody's talking about notre dame played di bad this and that notre dame maximized what louisville gave them louisville gave them basically five opportunities to score and they turned all of those into touchdowns yeah and on two of those they were basically on, on a short field a couple of them were kind of, you know, momentum-killing type of plays. So give credit to Notre Dame where, where it's due. They knew what Louisville's game plan was going to be. They knew it was going to be a, yeah. a possession, you know, time of possession type right. of game. And they played to that. They have, you know, a, a head coach has been there for 10 years. They have a coaching staff that's been together for a while. They were in the right. college football playoffs last year. They beat a number of ranked teams last year. Yeah. Um, so just take that into consideration as well. Um, it's their first game of the season as well. 
Ian yeah. Book's first time starting the first game of the season. Like, there's a lot of firsts for them, too. I, th- I thought that they played pretty well. And I thought that Louisville, Louisville hit their floor for the number of points they could have scored. Notre Dame maximized it, and that's where you get winning versus losing teams. And that's why the next couple of weeks are so important. I think I did not like the schedule when it first came out. Right. And, and now I kind of do in, in a weird way from what I've seen the first game. Okay, explain. So because of the concerns with passing and just pass himself, one, I don't think people understand that Frank Ponce probably majority of that man's work in the preseason was having to scrub all the BS out of Juwan and the other QB's heads. I think it was I think Ponce had to work on the the mechanics in in the mental aspects of being a quarterback almost the entire offseason because like uh, you know what that if, entails watching film which they probably didn't do under Nick Petrino like Sorry, if, if you but. if you have to still say after the first game while you're in the season that the that the actual passing is a work in progress like that tells me is like everyone's like well what the hell did you do in the offseason he had to start them from just ground zero he had to yeah. build them back up just to the foundations yeah and now he's trying to put in and implement passing. So so at least now they have film to go off of saying, okay, remember what we talked about? Like this is the opportunity where you could have thrown it down there. Yeah. Like like talking about different windows and things. And so I think because they focused on the foundation of just, just building his confidence back up, building his decision making and and his, you know, decisiveness back up, uh, I, I think the learning curve for the actual passing in the offense can be a lot shorter these next two weeks because they have film to, to build off of. And I think EKU and WKU are great examples or, or great sample sizes. Right. Um, you know, before we get to the real conference games of, yeah. of teams that we have chances of upsetting now. So, so I do think it bodes well that we, we kind of had an immediate, you know, where are we, um, you know, setting the bar. In our first game, like he said, we had immediately you're gonna know measuring stick wise hey, like where we are. Stick, man, I feel first pretty game. good. Exactly, and so we still have a ton of stuff we gotta work on. Right, but there were some huge positives that came out of it. But I think the passing part specifically, these next two weeks are gonna be extremely important yeah. for everybody to watch because I do think we're gonna continue to run the crap out of the ball. Don't get me wrong, they're never gonna but stop that. You have two weeks to give your quarterback a shot to get his confidence up throwing the ball downfield. Yeah. And you're going to have to utilize that once we start these ACC games. Yeah. But before we jump into talking about Eastern Kentucky, because I think you nailed the head, the nail right on the head there. I, I think that I want to, I want to address the fans for a second because what I saw and what I heard more specifically, which I need to apologize to you because I bitched you the entire time because I had a headache. I've, I got home and I'm like, gosh, man, I was sounding like a baby. No, you. But you it was the. It, I think that this might be, an, could be an overreaction, but I think in terms of just general noise, I think it's the loudest I've ever heard that place. Well, it, because it closes yeah. the sound. I mean, the just based off science, the, the sound is closed in. But what I want to say is one, thank you to the Louisville administration for lowering the price of tickets. They opening up the season with tickets 150 to 180 dollars is crazy, man. No one's gonna pay that. Like. This team went two and ten, so $110 drops to $80. Then fans are like, oh, you know, if it drops again, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be serious about it. Then it drops to 50. You start seeing ticket sales, and then it gets down to like a low as 25. And that place was full. Like, right. I, you know, obviously, I think we we talked about we saw in the end zone that it was open, some seats up in the upper 
upper deck of the Adidas uh, area. And then, you know, there were some flight deck spots. But, like, I went into that game thinking, we're going to, like, go in and half of the stadium is going to be green. Right. That was not the case. It was in the red and it was freak or sorry it was black besides if you're still wearing a damn white shirt in a blackout go somewhere else i like man. the i like the tie-dye guy that does that was, mean that, that go, was i don't be a fan of another school like why are you not wearing with the color they my, tell you to wear my thing is you know we keep i kept hearing and reading articles and, and hearing things about like who's nicer notre dame or clemson fans and, and blah blah and they're all you know they're no one's as bad as like fsu miami yeah. uk all those guys um but my thing is, when you're, the team you played against goes on one of their fan sites and tries to claim they were the reason we broke our attendance record, when <laughs> there was a vast majority more Louisville fans, like you just said, than we thought Notre Dame was going to roll deep. It's true. It's they, very true what they said. Now, let me tell you why. There's two reasons to that. One, Notre Dame, I'm not talking about the football product. I'm talking about the name on the on that game. Yeah, that got like, more Louisville have fans to, to see the that. Now, here's where – this is where that, that, that article is right. The fans decided, you know what? We're not going to make the trip. They're going to win anyways. Those tickets open up. Louisville buys the tickets. Thank you, Notre Dame. You <laughs> right. return your tickets. Fans got in for 25 bucks a piece to see yeah. that game. Thank you. You did well, break no, the so record yeah, for us. You, you you did, didn't, your fans didn't buy the tickets, and you look like idiots. Right. So in that regard, you did bring more fans. And I do think if – if we opened up with EKU instead of Notre Dame, like oh, that's home opener, it's so unfortunate that's the case. I don't think no, we would have no. we wouldn't have even nearly gotten. Nope. Like to I think I'm gonna walk change. in tomorrow night and I'm gonna be underwhelmed with how many people are there. I think it's gonna yeah. be a good crowd. It's gonna be a very raucous crowd well, because think, it's gonna be the people who can afford it who want to go. Right. Like you're not talking about the donors. Like I don't want to go watch these. I things. think right now they're predicting like forty-five to forty-seven thousand. Hey man, compared hey, to last know, year, that's fine. For an EKU game, that's that's fine. Here's the other thing I want to say. I've got one more bone to pick with Kirk Herbstreit. Oh, here Listen it here, comes. Man. What time did you have to be at work on Tuesday morning, Alex? Dude. What time did you have to What time did you get in? Let me ask you that. Uh, well, okay, don't ask me that cuz like I live probably the closest to the stadium okay. anybody. Right. So like I got home at a for for what it was. We got uh, out of there pretty quick at night uh, we, when we left. We left because we were one of the degenerate fans that How left dare early you and, leave? And, and hates U of L. Because we're real life people that have actual jobs sure. that so, have to that have to wake up on Tuesday mornings. I, I texted Jacob this because this is the funny part to me. So I was down going to the bathroom when he made those comments. It was the end. It was the very beginning. It was right during. Yeah, the, when was because the, that is notorious last call. Yes. If you don't go get beer at the end of the third quarter, is that when he said so, it was the yes. end of the third quarter? So, what an idiot! Okay, <laughs> I was, okay. he doesn't know our we're, brand, we're man. The, our brand is we got to get beer when it's last call. We're not the SEC. We've been able to drink for a while. Now. Yeah, this isn't new to us. Of course, there's going to be a mass exodus at the end of the third <laughs> quarter. Now that I picture that, yeah, I'm like yeah, all the Louisville we, fans are leaving. We're like, we yeah, another beer, it. man. Because we even talked. We're like, well, we got work Tuesday morning, and they're like, last call, and. And then me yeah, and Jacob just kind of like look at each other in the eyes, we're like, "Well, yeah, I'm I was like, down there. if you have yeah." But one when you more, left, I slapped you on your way. I'm like, "Hey, I need another beer, one yes, more, please." Right. Exactly. I was like, "Well, shit, okay." <laughs> I, like, I wasn't even thinking about it. And he was like, "Hey, let's reload one more time." I was like, "All right." Let's yeah. Go. So of course, like from yeah. from the you know from the press box, you see people just like you don't understand. But still, regardless, yeah. your network decided to put a game on a Monday night at eight, 8 o'clock. Go out west if you want. Like if you, if that's mm-hmm. what you want to do, if you don't want fans leaving early in the blowout, go out west. And if I had to be at work only, at eight o'clock the next morning. If that's the only game, college-wise, which it was that day, right? 
Why did you why make it, it so not, late? If yeah, it's on like, the well, East it's Coast. Fit, it's got to fit programming time. Why do you have a slot open at 8 and not 7? Why are well, we playing this game at 6? If you want to go to the game, just you shouldn't show up to work tomorrow. You, yeah. should, you shouldn't have gone to work. <laughs> Shut okay, up. Okay, Kurt. Must be nice to have no, millions of dollars, bro. I like him so much, so often. And yeah. then every now and then, he dies on a hill that I just don't understand. But and how many so times confused. just in life do you just die on a random hill? Like, I get it. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, but that's like, a, why are you picking just, that bone? Like The team has been competitive. It's been loud. If it was lousy in there maybe i don't right? die on hills i don't know very much about yeah. so the fact like you said he doesn't know our brand well then don't yeah, our don't brand try is our us. brand is last call i don't care what if the game was like if there was plays happening i still think the majority of the people who want beer are going to get beer if it's i'd rather call. him call us drunkards and alcoholics than like not fans we would all agree early. with that, like, like, that yeah, was, no, well no. yeah we're yeah. like ah, it's all game, right yeah. so let's talk about tomorrow night eastern kentucky um I, I think that this is one that we can really kind of – I don't want to say gloss over. That's not fair to any football no, opponent because football will, is played man. on paper. If it was played on paper, yes, but it's not. Um, but I think that Louisville – this isn't going to be Indiana State. Like I really do think that there is serious momentum. The team wants to get back out there. They want to they want to shore up some things. I do worry about a big head, like and which is wild to say because you After lost eighteen point you loss. You lost, right. yeah, eighteen point loss. You still lost, but like there's momentum in that we played better. And what maybe everybody expected. Right, Let's so, keep going. So pause right there. That is, it is warranted because you know the last time Louisville played a team within 18 points when they were at Boston College last year was 38 to 20. So that's the last time they played, and before that it was Florida State. So they have that. not won a game. I don't know. Year. Yeah, so well, 51 it, weeks. September oh, 15th of last year is the last yeah. time they won a game. 51 so, weeks. Yeah, I, tomorrow I wrote, will be the. I wrote about that in, in, sure. a, in the preseason. Call him, you know. I said there's actually a legitimate chance that Louisville's going to go a full calendar year yeah. without winning a football game. So I, I think Alex, you really hit the nail on the head in the last segment when we talked about I do the game, I the Notre Dame game, and what we what we got from it. I think that to start this game, man. I mean, I, they're going to run the football. Like I, I think that in my head, I look, envision that app of like the Elmo marching down the street, and there's like a fire behind it. Like I envision there's <laughs> fire, and Louisville is still running the football. Like no worries about anything else. We but, weren't just running it though. We were running it creatively, and I think I kept yelling at you because I'm like, I'm like, who's got the ball? Because I was so excited to like tell you, I'm like, oh, here comes the orbiter back, like that literally. Because every time there's a wide receiver that runs behind, and it creates like an instant triple option. Yeah, no, you have it, the it's receiver. It's so crazy. You have the receiver running behind. You have the H back, and then the running back, and sometimes they and go you two have a quarterback backs. that right. could still run the ball. So yeah. like, yeah, of course, there's so much misdirection, and and I love. I just love all that. Like I, I think, mm -hmm. even in the run game, like as creative as Bobby was, as we gave him credit for, like during his highlights and his his times here, we haven't seen like a true creative run game in my mind. Like like Bobby was all like creative passing and things like that and air raid. This is super unique, and I think this. I I, I don't know. I wasn't sure how Louisville fans were really gonna feel about going from what was a high-powered passing offense to just a tra more traditional, like, we're going to run it majority of the time, and then, mm -hmm. you know, when it opens up, we'll pass it. But the way we're running it is so much more exciting than I think people thought. Right. I really do. Right. And just because, yeah, it just wasn't running it up the middle. We got speed backs going around the corners. We yeah. got misdirection plays. We got everything. So I, I think that what the biggest thing going into this game is they're going to win, right? And if they don't, that's a pretty big problem like a really big problem actually but i don't think that's the case i don't even think we need to talk about that but what you want to see within the first quarter is some serious football throwing like i want to see yeah, no 
Yes. No. no, I'm not saying go out of your way to throw no, the football. No, no. I'm, I'm not, not saying go out of your way, but what I'm saying is well. I want to see, yes, I want to see the passing game being like, like I want to see significant improvement. I want to see, you can throw the football the exact same amount of times against Notre Dame, but I don't want to see any drop balls. I don't want to see balls thrown short. I don't want to see balls thrown over the head. I don't want to see a lack of going deep because they're afraid to make plays. Like that's what I'm talking about. I want to see, Sec- after their first first down of the game on first and ten, I want to see a play action ball go deep. Like I just that's what I that's what I want to look for because I think that that's this is the opponent. Like you said, Alex, if you're going to throw the football and you're going to be effective with it and you're going to learn from your mistakes and take chances, it's Eastern Kentucky because it's an FCS school. You significantly outpower them at every I, position. I disagree on just the way it's going to play out a little bit. I I think because Satterfield came from this world of FCS. And he knows how you EKU just like App State has won like multiple national championships. Right. Um. Even if it is like a you know b- below FBS, still for their level. They're I don't playing care at their highest level. For their level, level, they're playing elite ball. They know how to win. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 I think that goes back to what when people got shocked about Satterfield saying like, hey, I think my App State team could probably beat the crap out of this current team. Not because they're more talented, but because like they're just, they just better. Know what they're doing? They're better they're ran. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a well-oiled machine, and and EKU is kind of like that on a smaller scale. But I think, in my mind, we need to come out and just score immediately. Like we need mm-hmm. to we need to pad it a little bit in the first quarter, right? Create a little bit of distance immediately, just so pass can have the relaxation of okay, well now I can try to. Because they want to work on things. I know mm-hmm. it's a football game, but no, like I guarantee you, Ponce is going to be wanting to to work on things throughout the game. The only way you can really, really work out the kinks during a game is when you're up by a lot of points early. Right. So I think we're going to do what we do best, and we're just going to if that means running the ball until we score like three touchdowns first, that's great. I right. don't care. Just let let him let us get a lead, right. and then like you're saying, then but, let's but, start experimenting with some some throws and things. To, of course, it, you're still gonna throw the ball. Right, I just meant right. like I'm like, saying, like your deep balls don't and, and run things the ball. like that. I'm just saying be more risky with the passing. Game. And I think he can do that yeah. once we so, sustain a big lead. Here's the thing though, with, with when I see a big lead, because of all I've heard all summer is we are really short on depth. I want the, the second that game is out of reach, I want every guy out. Like I'm talking, I don't want to see the starters anymore. Because I, I mean, obviously I want them to get reps with, with what's needed, but like, I want to make sure that one, they're cultivating depth and playing younger guys, and guys are getting in. But I don't want to risk getting like, what if Gigi is playing in the middle of the third quarter in a yeah. game that's pointless? No, I get that. And the dude goes down, like so. And like same with off- Juwan. Like, like I want to see Malik. I want to see Evan Conley. But like on that. offense, though, like you have a group of receivers that barely even touched the ball last game. Like you need to. To literally one, I think Satterfield needs to show these guys how many points they can score, just so just so they can see it on the scoreboard. I think that yeah, alone, that's true. that alone is a, is a thing. mental thing. That's like, a good point. Look, guys, we can score sixty-five. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. they need to see how many points they can rack up just for the sake of doing it, right. because we haven't done it in forever. Secondly, uh, you know, when you have a strong, we all talked about like receiving core was supposed to be one of the strongest groups on the team, which it still is. You need to bring and instill the confidence back in those guys. Yeah, and and look, I, I completely so I, I get agree. what you're saying with the depth thing. We do need to get our less 
experienced guys, more right. more depth and, and on field experience. But like our first string still hasn't really seen that many snaps when it comes to passing. Oh no doubt. And and I think that it's so funny you say that when you talk about bring confidence back. Like Notre Dame, it's like Brian Kelly was like, Oh, they suck last year. Let me just see what they're what what people are saying about them. Oh, their receivers are really good. Okay, they're not getting the ball. That's it. Like that's how Notre that's how Notre Dame prepared <laughs> for Louisville. Like they they literally blanketed Dez and Seth, and they did a great job at it, man. Like they really took them away. They let they let Jawan have two two all day long, and they yeah. were like, "We're gonna take everything else away." Well, I definitely think that so helped open the run game so in the when, first half for sure. I think that like the thing that's really interesting to me that I I love like that video of Des blocking is so great because Des is not phased by the it's that what Greg told us right. Greg said it doesn't matter if you have one target or you have ten targets. Like you got to go out there and you got to play the best football you can. That was a hell of a block, though. Oh my that god, was was such a, dude! That for what it is, was, that was a hell of a block. I don't want to be and the that podcast was, that okay. breaks down blocks because no, I don't no, know no, anything. Yeah. But like that looked like Larry Fitzgerald. Like, if you've ever heard anybody talk about him, one thing they say is he's a great blocker. Like, he moved a guy. But point being, they covered the receivers. They blanketed them. Eastern Kentucky is going to try to do the same thing because it's a lot of talent there. But they're not going to be able to do that at the, at the level that Notre Dame did. So when you say build confidence, like, I think those guys are still extremely confident in themselves. And they know we just went up against a, a, a unit that decided that their game plan was going to be take us away. That mm-hmm. that should give you confidence, if anything. If Notre Dame is preparing for you and they're taking you away. Right. It's like you know, but, Bill, jo- Bill Belichick always takes away a team's best yeah, option. That's but, what they right. did with Louisville. As a as an individual competitor, though, like you know, Dez and no Seth doubt. and like, Devontae. one catch for they're 10 like, yards. dude, we've been talking so much smack in the off season about like we're gonna come back, we're gonna make an impact yeah. on this team this year, and it's not you know, obviously, you can only catch as many balls that are, that are thrown to you, right? Um, but yeah, I, I, they obviously know they need to get them back into the puzzle for the offense. Right. And, I, and I think we're going to still lean on our strengths in the first half. I still think we're going to play, like, you know, the, the second and third string guys to get them experience and stuff in the second half. Yeah. But our first string just really needs to like, – They Sat- need their reps Satterfield no wants to doubt. see efficiency from the first stringers, right? Like, he wants to – like, first drive, we're scoring. Second drive. Like, we don't have – he's probably going to tell them, like, we shouldn't be kicking field goals at any point yeah. in this game, unless I, it's extra points. This is kind of random, but I'm just going to say this. My daughter has been alive for – she's almost two years old. She still has not seen Louisville win a football game yet. Like, and we're, So we're taking her tomorrow night to <laughs> Cardinal Stadium for the first time. I, I have no idea what to expect of how she's going to handle that many people being that loud. You can only take her to one sporting event. Do you have like was, the, the earmuff thing? Oh, no. She, no, man. Look, I'm going to say this, and I apologize because I'm going to offend somebody. If you put your – you're soft, like just let them figure it out, man. Their ears aren't gonna bust. Their eardrums are now. Now, they're, now if it's a small, small baby, she's two, man. She's got grown up ears. She hears know. grown up. I don't things. have kids, so two still sounds like. Nah, super, she got. She's got grown up. She's like, got grown up ears. Yeah, she. I mean, I've seen. She's gonna be now like when this. she when now when the noise happens, she's gonna be extremely like, what is happening? Right. But I don't think her ears are gonna now. And I'm sorry, I should I should have said. Small babies don't apply to that statement. But if your if your kid is two or three and they have headphones on, like and you take you voluntarily took them to the football game, so that's on you, man. I didn't that's think not, that like the most controversial take of this podcast was going to be a be bad like, talk, yeah. toddler ear. Also, you like, don't need your kid to be forty five pounds before you turn them around in a car seat. You're so <laughs> yeah. You're so so. All right, so we we failed our audience, I think, because we were supposed to come back tonight with a with what happened to the loser of our predictions for the season. And I don't know about you guys, but I haven't thought about it one bit since we made that prediction last no. week. I think we said a hot chip. But I haven't thought about it because I'm the current loser, right? Is that yeah, but <laughs> we, got 11, <laughs> we got 11 more weeks, man. There's I'm like, going to try to We set know you're going to pick Florida State, so 
Presley and I, in terms of just being smart with we this, we just got to make sure we pick right here. Yeah. All right, so last week we obviously all got the, the prediction right in terms of Louisville not winning the game. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a surprise. So we all get a point there. We we decided last week that we were going to go uh, leading receiver. None of us were, were even close. <laughs> like, no. We had Seth yeah. at 91 Ooh. for Alex, Presley oh at 85 for Seth Dawkins and Des Patrick. Fitzpatrick for me for 78 yards. I'm so bad at that. And then uh, we, we decided we were going to award point differential. So I took the, the cake there with having the point being the point difference being one off. So when I say we felt the audience, we felt the audience because we still don't know what our punishment is. So we really need to put some thought into this. We need to figure it out. A hot we chip do. is probably good. Something that can be done over the air where people can enjoy. I was about to say, Jacob's probably going to, if, if he wins again this week, he's going to be thinking real long and hard about Yeah, right. But it's funny because when I went and I looked at the score and I was like, no. That pretty close. Mm-hmm. I predict. I in my early prediction piece three months ago, I predicted a 17-point game, and I did it again, just a different score here, totally without looking at that. Right. I felt like it was a 17-point kind of. That's where I, I thought Louisville was going to make the money. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Let's talk Eastern Kentucky. We're going to predict the game real quick. I want to see. I want to hear score prediction of who wins, and then Alex, we talked about this before you got here. The over/under for the game is at 100 or is at 60 points. That's the that's the total points for the game. 60 points. So for this week, we're going to go over or under 60 points total between the two teams scored. So, Alex, you went first last week because your name comes first, so you will go first this week. It's like kindergarten all over. (laughs) And you got to hurry up because my computer's about to die. Sweet. Uh, I'm going to take the... I'm gonna take the over. I'm okay, so w- well, give me the points, the total amount of points you think they scored. So that that means you got to predict the score. First. I'm going. Well, well, you said over, I'm and then there's backwards. no score. Yeah. Well, Why are you going backwards? You can't. Because I want to explain it. No, pick the score and then explain it. All Come right. on, man. I'm going. Um, I'm gonna go 52. Okay, so the game is already over. Right. Unless you think they're gonna score six, seven, or six or points. Seven. Yeah. yeah. So 52, 52 to. Two. I was oh I'm gonna say like I was gonna say uh fifty two seventeen. Okay. Okay. So cool. he's he's way over. Yeah. 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 And all right, Presley. So you and you have Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- no. I think we'll we lose Kentucky fifty two to seventeen. I think we That's see it, like four rushing touchdowns, two passing, but like a lot of good passes in between. So I was just a little bit off with my prediction um, for our our uh, our schedule prediction that we did over a month ago. For the first one, so I'm going to go right on with what I predicted over a month ago. Yeah, Louisville 49, EKU 12, which would put us just over 60. At 60. 49, 12. 49. Okay, 12. so you're going to go over. Uh, I also am going to go. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go under. I'm going to I'm going to try to be different just for the sake of. Um, the Smart. points Smart. And, and and winning this game. I, I think, think Louisville's obviously going to steamroll. I'm going to go. I'm gonna go thirty-five. No, I'm gonna go thirty-one. That's, seven. That's not good to me. Thirty-one to seven. Especially with my like my whole Indiana State last year. My whole like Satterfield. Okay, hold on. Let me dish. readjust then. Satterfield, like <laughs> they have to see a big scoreboard this week, like just just to get the mental. Hold like, on. Hold on. Let me readjust. Yeah. Let me readjust. Let me get. Let me think about this for a second. Okay. No one thinks Satterfield's offense can score the All right, here points. we go. I think he's out for it, too. Like, he's like, you know Same. what? We're going to prove him wrong. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go Eastern Kentucky 7, okay. Louisville 41. How about that? That yeah. way I get okay. into – that way I get in – let me just get into the 40s. That, that, that'll make you feel better. Yeah, it does. And I uh, I'll put a 7 up. I, I, I just think that in games like this where you're the – you're like – 
you're still much better than the team below you uh, that you're playing against, but you're still not like great. Like I, 41 points is a lot of points, right. and only giving up seven is not a lot of points. Well, so I think that that's where I would have some like I don't know, 35 to seven was going to be my original score. Just because I think that there's going to be a chance where Louisville just doesn't score a lot of points. But I here's mean, the thing: like, I don't the, know. The coach I don't think they're going to punt a lot. I just don't think they're going to score a lot. The coach has something to prove in terms of scoring a lot. Sure. The fans want to see a team that can has the, at least has the ability, regardless of who they play. They want to just see like one time, regardless. Let us break like 40, 50, 60, like just to go back to the glory days. So I think you got that, and then the players are just as eager because everyone's talking about, oh, it's almost been a year since Louisville's won a game. Like, everyone hears the same stuff over and over and over, and I think they're tired of it, and I think they're proud of themselves from last week, but I think they're also like, all right, screw this. Like, we're just going to we're just gonna go out there and just start scoring, like, no matter what. So I, I, I know the realistic normal thing would be to say, like, yeah, maybe mid-30s, low-40s. I'm going with, like, we have to score in the 50s or 60s this week. Just to just to show ourselves we can, and then next week we're gonna keep steamrolling and, and keep working on things, and that way we have the ability and the confidence to go into FSU with hopefully a still like just very turmoil like, team program. That was my mm-hmm. TV on the microphone. I apologize. <laughs> so, so here's what here's what I have for you guys to kind of close out the Eastern Kentucky conversation and just going forward for it. So. The thing that was most concerning, I think we can all agree with, was not just quarterback play, but the quarterback's timing as the receivers. Um, I yeah. think it's a big thing, especially going to a new offense, but the first time with a full game speed, obviously the just overall timing he plays is the offense. It just is. Right. Um, here's what makes me confident about what we're doing. So in front of me, I have three bios. I have, I will first read you the bio of one Gunter Brewer. Gunther Brewer started off his career at Wake Forest, moved to Ole Miss. He spent a year in France. He went back to Ole Miss as a graduate. Then he got his first like real job at East Tennessee State for five years. Went to North Northeast Mississippi Community College. He went to Marshall for three years. He was at North Carolina for four years. At Oklahoma State for three years. Oklahoma State again for a year as the co-offensive coordinator. Back to or at o- Oklahoma State as the co-offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach for 2009-2010. Then back to Ole Miss. At North Carolina for four years, five years, and then with the Philadelphia Eagles. Presley, okay. you could have just pulled up my article yep, that right. summarized every single news. All right, so adapter. who are your other two bios, and okay, please don't okay. bore me yes. with those details again. Frank Ponce. Uh, not the Gunter Man, you're the best. But I, uh, Frank Ponce was, was a high school football coach, yep. um, head coach at multiple different places in Miami before getting the wide receiver coach job at Florida International and then taking over as the co-offensive coordinator at Appalachian State. The last bio that I have is one sentence long. It is from one Nick Petrino. Nick Petrino played football for Trinity High School. Then he played football um, for a no-name um, college football team who I do not have in front of me. After that, he followed his dad from Arkansas to Western Kentucky to Louisville, each time as a graduate assistant before all of a sudden just being the quarterback coach. Oh, you're talking about Nick Petrino? I have zoned out there for a second. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's how being, good of a point you're. St- <laughs> point being, yeah. yeah what's the point? What is the point? How do you not Sorry. see the point? Gunnar Brewer and Frank Ponce versus Nick Effing Vitrina. But what do does that have to do it? with Eastern Kentucky, though? Well, you're just saying in terms of they're going to score I'm, points. I'm not just saying just for Eastern Kentucky. I'm just saying in general. Oh, well, yeah. You, no, no doubt. We knew that the day they got. Okay, high, I mean, but dude, I'm just saying, I mean, there's a lot of hires this, you could have made that were better. Than 
Petrino. Like, I mean, ex- Eastern exactly. football coach in this, Louisville this is, would have been a better hire. Okay, but listen, okay, listen sorry. you're not focusing. I'm not. I was you not. all watched, you guys watched the inside all access Louisville stuff. You saw them inside Most the rooms. With the players, right? Yeah, it's very much like what you see in Hard Knocks. No, that didn't happen. Can you imagine Nick Petrino leading that room? Can you imagine anybody paying a lick of attention and respecting anything that he's doing? No, I envision that walking in, Nick being like, somebody, how do you turn this computer on? I don't know how to do this. How do I get it up on screen? Somebody helping him, and then he just opens up his computer. Nothing's there because he forgot to even do it before he came to practice and was supposed to do. And then he just picks on one guy like, oh, Jordan, your shirt's not the right color today. F you, you suck, you're no good, look at this film, you didn't even play, but look at it anyways, you suck, you're horrible, Juwan, yeah. you're terrible. Oh, that's, that's how it went. Anyways. I, th- I thought it was going to be like, as, as my dad talked to you guys. Yeah, yeah what did dad say? Right. Okay. Whatever dad said is what I said. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's literally how I said it. Yeah, whatever well, dad said is what I said yeah, too. So what he, comments did he give you? So that, you guys have seen Horrible Bosses, right? Where, yeah. Where, uh, what, what's the what's the actor's name? That uh, uh, Jason Bateman or, Jason, yeah, so or Charlie, Jason, Charlie Day? Jason Bateman's... Uh, favorite boss, like favorite person in the whole world is his boss. But then his son was just an absolute. Oh yeah, you know what? Oh no no no, that's Will Arnett. That's Will Arnett who he, he worked for Colin Farrell's was the son, and his yes. dad was the one who owned the business. No, but it was Jason Bateman. It was Jason Bateman's. Yeah. No, Jason Bateman worked under oh, that's uh, right. no, no, uh, not just, Kevin Costner, but what's the uh, Kevin Spacey? Okay, you're right, you're right. And he was the one who was like, "You're gonna get promoted," right. and then he didn't get promoted. And he regardless, yeah. that's kind of how I see some of the media. Yeah, right. Nick's like, in the bathroom doing cocaine before he's supposed to not. I'm not accusing him. No, whoa, whoa, from, whoa, from the movie, from, from the movie, from the movie. And he walks it's out, a, and he's like, "What are you looking at, face?" Yes, exactly. From the movie, Nick. I have no idea. Nick did any drugs. Point being, in all of this. Yeah, we still not to the point. It's not the, a good the bios, sign. Of look it. at the experience. Look at just like the behind the scenes, what everything looks like. If you don't think that that things aren't getting turned around, if you don't think that twelve or twenty-seven, if you think twelve or twenty-seven is going to keep happening, you're wrong. Right. No, like I'm, I'm just in, in going along with the, the other points that I made throughout the the show. Some of this stuff is going to be eliminated. Like that, some of that stuff, like Satterfield said, that's, yeah. that's pregame jitters. And, and one of the things he did jitters. say is Juwan has to learn when to not take a sack. Right. If you have Des Fitzpatrick running down the field and you can make the throw, you've got to have the confidence in yourself mm-hmm. to make the throw. That's the stuff that's not going to show up in the 12 of 27. That would have been, had he made the throw, that would have been the determiner of whether he's, you know, right. 13 for 28 or if he's still 12 for 28 or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? So I, but I definitely agree on your long winded take there that the coaching staff is much better. I, Definitely agree. I also if anybody read, disagrees, no, it, we got again, some it's things not to talk just, about. It's just not an overarching like the coaching staff is much better. It's like think about the situations that the players are in. Think about practice day to day. Think about yeah. development, preparation, experience, Everything. all that stuff. And is in, so in the personal better. stuff, well, like think, you know, if, if Frank looks at Jawan and on a, in a game and he's like, "Dude, what the hell did you just do? What was that?" And Frank doesn't have the relationship where he cares about Juwan, and every day he tells him, man, I love you, you're great, we're going to get this figured out, we're going to get better. And then he walks to the sideline and he starts screaming at him. That's different. Like that. That's exa- That's a, the personal element of that takes it a whole other level on top of the coaching. You're spot on. Right. So, it, I mean, you know, we could go on and on about this forever, but, you know, uh, Dale Jones is another example. I mean, that's Petrino's son-in-law. Like, the, the, the just it, it, that is being replaced. Like, just the night and day difference in the coaching staff their experience, their passion for the game, right. just how just much, just how much more just like with it they seem. God, can you imagine a Petrino family like Thanksgiving or Christmas? Like I would love to just be a fly on the wall with L.D. Scott, Ryan Beard, and Nick Petrino all in the same room. Do you know how quiet 
they're they're like family dinners. Do they talk about football? Well, no. I, like I wonder if like it's quiet and then like somebody says one thing and just like you hear one yeah, fist on the Why table. Why are like, you saying that? All right, so this is how I want to close the show. I wanted to talk a little bit about basketball recruiting, but we just don't have the time tonight. So I think we'll we'll shelf that for next week because that conversation isn't going away anytime soon. Right. But I've got five games that I've picked. I had, I think I have five. One, two, three. Yes, I have five games. I went and I picked five games, a combination of NFL and college football. A lot of people would normally pick these with spreads. I don't know enough about betting to do that. So I just want to, I just want to pick winner or loser. Got it. Um, and there doesn't need to be any kind of we we can talk about a couple of them, but yeah, yeah. we're we're not here to be a Clemson show or a Texas show. So Let's do it. But all right, so Alex, first game, we'll start with you. Texas A and M and Clemson, who do you have? You don't even have to give me a score, just winner. Clemson. Okay, Clemson. Oh, dude. Yeah. I have Clemson, but closer than the experts think. Okay. I don't know, man. Tila got in there and just started just wreaking havoc. Like I, until you re- reminded me, because I was yeah. like, oh, 28-26 last year, like that's a pretty close game. And, and then you were like, oh, was well, blowing them out. You were like, yeah. Kelly Bryant uh, got taken out of that game. Yeah, I'm gonna Lawrence go. saved the day, and I was like, oh. And then since then, they've just became just monsters. I'm, I'm gonna actually go Texas A&M, and I Ooh. could be proven completely wrong here, but Jimbo, look, Georgia Tech is there in the same boat as Louisville, and Georgia Tech got blown out. But man, Trevor Lawrence did not play well. Like I did not see the yeah. same guy that I saw a year ago. Now part of that is they, I mean, look, uh, the running back Travis. Uh, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Etienne. Yeah, man, he's special. He like incredible. he looks to me right now as the leading Heisman guy, like Gotta be. front runner. But I just think that Texas A&M has everything that they need to be able to pull that off, and it's still early enough where I don't think it really has a, a big impact overall. I hope you're right, and I hope we're wrong, um, but I'm still taking close. All right, so let's go to game number two: Steelers Patriots. Oh, I'm going Steelers just because. Uh, or no, 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 I take that back. Steelers always have like weird stuff going on at the beginning, middle of the season, yeah. and then they somehow pull it out and Every like, make the playoffs. But yeah. yeah, Patriots always start out strong, get a little weird mid-season, and stay strong. Is it in Foxborough? I do not know, and I don't have to pull that. Oh, it's gonna it's be Sunday night, though. Patriots by at least two times. Hold on, hold on. I'll tell you. My mom sent me a picture of my mom. We should watch it together. I don't want to watch Your Steelers. mom is Steelers? My mom is from Pittsburgh. He's oh. huge Steelers fan. Uh, it's in Foxborough, correct? Yeah, it's yeah blowout. Going Patriots. I, I don't know about like, a blowout, but... I'm going to say like 35... 14. Yeah, I'm going to go Patriots as well. I think Pittsburgh's going to take a big step back just because I think that when you lose Juju, or not Juju, but Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, things are just going to go back. Tom's on a senior living war path this year to prove everybody wrong Gosh, that he has defied football. and beat aging. All right, uh, Ravens-Dolphins. Oh, I want to see Lamar ball the hell out and just shut up as many haters as he can in just one game, so I'm going ravens uh, uh, It's not that I just want to see them play well. I just think that the Ravens are going to compete for a division title. They can't lose a game starting out to the the team that they could be the worst team in the league. They're, right? They're, no. Well, they're the they're the betting number one pick. Yeah. Number one pick to be the worst team in the league. Yeah. All right. Texas LSU. Hold on. Who do you, who do you have? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't say it. Uh, Ravens. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. Sorry. sorry, DJ man, but the Dolphins suck. Which he DJ knows. likes. That, He's okay. So. Okay. All right, Alex. Uh, Texas LSU. It's at uh, it's at Texas, right? Uh, once again, I don't know. I think it's. I think LSU is traveling to Texas. I do remember this because I saw it on Twitter earlier. I'm still. I'm going Coach O, man. I'm going LSU rolls into Texas. I'm not a big fan. I, I don't know why. I'm just not a big fan of Tom Herman. Maybe it's from, you know, his time at FS or his time at Ohio State or whatnot. But uh, and he wasn't he the head coach Houston. of Houston when they Houston, beat Houston, us. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was just impressive because Ed Oliver was just crazy. Yeah, but, but, uh, but Greg Ward, man, that that kid mm-hmm. was special. Yeah, I I think I don't like how cocky Tom 
Tom Herman gets sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so I want him to uh, to lose. I, I just like so this coach. one's personal for Alex. Oh, dude, like <laughs> you, you got such a lovable. I don't like him, man. You got such a lovable guy in Coach O that no one can understand. But like, <laughs> good boy, but, <laughs> good game, but it's awesome. Like you can't talk about him without putting a smile on your yeah, face. And then totally when you right. bring up Tom Herman, you're like, oh, yeah, like, that guy. He's good, but he's a he was friends yeah, with Zach like, Smith. What a guy. I was, right, in, like, you got? I was in like the sixth row behind LSU when we were warming up again, or when they were warming up in the bowl oh, game. Yeah, man, you were there. And I was, yeah, and I was Ooh. listening to. We went to Disney World the same day. It wasn't that bad. Hey, at but, least something that day went <laughs> right. right but. Um, but no, I'm just like listening to this guy help them run drills and warm up and stuff, you know, stretching. And literally, it just sounds like just a bunch of gibberish. Like, and I'm like, you know, from me to right. to my front door. Boys, I'm in a press conference. Quiet could, down. He could that was my favorite that. sound ever, man. He could step off that field and immediately just go into like straight World War II stuff. And I would never even think any different like that. But I could also see him just being like a crawfish salesman. Well, that's true. Well, okay. Well, that's fish tank going to keep your balls real good. You're going to get your food really good. Right? Am I wrong or am I, I right? I can't So, wait. Presley, who did you pick? Did you pick Texas or L- LSU? LSU 18-9. I just want to keep hearing him doing doing pressure. <laughs> That's my prediction. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say that uh, the LSU Tigers going to win this one. <laughs> and I was I'm never going to do an impersonation ever again. That's pretty I'm good. I'm pretty embarrassed. You, no, pretty well, good. you picked the hardest guy in college football to do an impression of, so I like it. I mean, yeah. One got, one day when we've had you, a little bit more to drink, we should do back and forth. Scott Satterfield, Coach O, just having a conversation, and you could be Bobby. Just, no, I'll, uh, I'll just I'll just be a medium member. Be like, yeah. Uh, question for both of you coaches. Um, Sat, Coach Satterfield, I'd like to hear from you first. Um, what do you think about the offensive line going up against LSU's defensive front, and how do you think that you're going to combat that? But the, uh, you know, Louisville got good offensive line. The boys block. Uh, Say, Coach Saturday no, first. <laughs> I wasn't even listening. Once again, I failed you. I'm no, sorry. That, that's all right. I'll let the big, Every guy, time I'll let the big guy talk first. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. Well, let let him, listen, we're just worried about go. us. Family. Family. That's the first thing I told him. Actually, Coach, I was worried about family, too. <laughs> you know, we're, we were, we were so worried confused. about the D-line, but then we are talking about, you know, what's really going to bring us together? That that's what I want to know. Look, look man, that, that, football's a game, and in, in the game of life, we're all like this: family, family in the game of life. Ga- game of life. No, now you're mixing your Butch Jones, and, and now you're I was just about to say yeah. you're, you're going into other Butch former Jones? SEC coach. All right, I've got the best game of life. Gale Jones. What? No, he's talking about uh, game of life, dude. Yeah, Butch Champion, Jones. He's like, Champion. we're champions at life. Yeah, oh, we're not we're not champions at the game because we lost. All right, so we're here champions at life. Here we are. This is the last game. This is the most intriguing. And normally, I would say. Who wins? But here, this one's gonna be a little different. Raiders Broncos. Does Antonio Brown play? Yes. Okay. Oh, I thought you were gonna ask like, is there going to be a winner of that game? No. Does, <laughs> I just wanna, like, does <laughs> he was be. suspended yesterday? Today he's good. He apologized about something, but then said nothing happened. And then Mike Mayock didn't say anything, but he said, "Don't snap that on social media." And that, so it's like, is he going to play or is he not going to play? And no, I just totally said, "Don't snap that on social media." I feel like Bill Belichick. Don't snap. Don't R- put me on snap face. Ruby, don't be over there on Insta face. <laughs> so you, All right. the question is yeah, whether or not he's going to play. Yeah, who cares who wins? Does oh, Antonio he, Brown play? Yeah, he's playing. Okay. He was in practice. Like it, like Did, okay. it sounds like oh, it's already on. water. No, 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 no. it's Did, already water under the bridge. Less than twenty four hours later, because bro, gotta, I watched Hard Knocks and not a week went by where something changed after or like right before the last show or right after the last show before the next one. Like, what do you like? You're acting like nothing's happened the whole season. They His just wanted burnt. a inkling of humility. Do, do y'all remember Larry Johnson that played at Penn State and then played for the Chiefs? Yeah. Do y'all know who that is? Mm-hmm. So this guy, he's retired several years now. 
I saw this today. I don't know if you all have seen this. This is a really w- weird way to w- end the show here. But he believes that the – and I think he claims that he knows this, that the NFL is fixed and that there's guys – right. it's like the WWE. There's guys writing scripts and certain things happened and like the game – like all these things in the offseason are all prepared and it's all fake. And he's like, look, if you don't believe me, just look at Antonio Brown. The NFL is trying to cover up something or blah, blah, blah. But they, So they pick Antonio Brown to make this noise so that the attention would be on him and not on what's happening over here. That is like – Okay, well, if you're talking about like conspiracy theories like that, that kind of makes sense because like everything negative we've heard with like Jay-Z and Rock Nation, like them partnering up with the NFL has like stirred a lot of people the wrong way. And so if, if you're talking about a, a, a random, like, distraction, like the, like how, you know, all the government conspiracy and stuff, that, okay, I kind of get that, like, a tiny bit, but also, or you're talking about hundreds of individuals that are all millionaires with egos that are in of an mm-hmm. insane size mm-hmm. who don't think they can do any wrong ever. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that, anyways, that's what I think. Super I, I don't think it's – I think the story writes itself when you have a scenario of that many wealthy people right. that still have to listen to authoritative figures. Yeah. That, that's what I see. All right, boys. Well, this is this is weird. I hope that this show is up before the game starts tomorrow. Yeah. So press the pressure's on you. I will have you, better, a, you better wrap your date up quick so that you can put say, our podcast I'll, up. I'll have it up in 20 minutes. Yeah, so anyways, it's uh, been a great show. I think it's just this show and just overall in sports, it just changes everything when you have games to talk about and you have things happening that aren't just coach talk. Like coach talk is if you can make a summer in sports relevant and talk about funny things on a podcast or on a TV show or in writing, that's how you're going to make it. And then in this season, man, this is where the people who know football and enjoy like just talking about what a throw looked like on first down are going to thrive. So I'm excited mm. for the season. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to come back and record during our uh, during our week off where we're going to be three and one going uh, going into game five. <laughs> and you're gonna you've already talked about Florida. You, three things. Here's your dude. If, if I you am had a, now let me fully invested in talking crap until this yeah, game. Yeah. So happens. if you had you know those word clouds that people do, whether it's like a, a survey or whatever, and the things that are most said, they make them into word clouds. Alex, your your word cloud would be one overall. The biggest word would be Ian Pfeiffer. <laughs> because I think that you have talked about him more than anything on this podcast. With like a small little bubble below it, Fife Dog. Yeah. Since so, that's like and my then new five dogs. your other five one dog. would be just the word linebackers. From that one episode where I think you just said linebackers like 50 times. You would just be talking about basketball like linebackers. They're like, important. Yeah, you no, need them on defense. <laughs> and then the third one would no doubt be Florida State. Those are the 100%. three buzzwords Here's the thing, man. Willie Taggart. I, I, <laughs> yeah, Willie yes. Taggart. What you guys don't get is I was – Three feet in front of Willie when he first got to Western's campus as our new coach. Yeah. We were coming – like, we hadn't won a game in years, right? Mm-hmm. He – like, yeah, we already had a – Yeah, a special think a, place for we him, had a, don't you? We had a good year before he came in, but he literally got kids on board, like, with his crazy, like, who's got it better than us? Nobody. Like, I mm-hmm. thought he was the shit. I thought he was awesome. He was engaging. He understood the students. Right. And he was awesome during his time at WKU. But then he just started jumping from bigger school to bigger school with shorter shorter periods yeah. of time yeah. in between. And I've, I don't want to say it's like a Charlie Strong, like maybe he he got to a school that was like too big for him too soon, like the timing wasn't right or anything. Mm. Well, I mean, but the 6-6 six six season at Oregon should have probably told but, that story for itself. But mm. dude, everything we're still reading about him at FSU, like no one is on board. He when is, the local media even has it out for you, like isn't even helping you spin it in any sort of positive way, like... I mean, I, like if they're trying to pile on, yeah. as well, like that's like your last stream of defense is like, well, maybe he meant it this way, yeah. or maybe like, 
No, they're like, oh god, like here's what he said today, and we had to review it and talk about it. Yeah, that's gonna well, good our conversation yeah. <laughs> about Florida State. No, no, no. I, I, I'm <laughs> we'll see you next week on the on the Chuck Knowles. I just meant with that said, everything is still pointing to like my excitement for that game. That's gonna be our first big game. Look, you get that game, and that's and I whether Florida State is. Who they are or who they're not. I mean, that's a that's a turning point. Look, we didn't we didn't have realistic expectations thinking we were going to beat Notre Dame, right? No, this that Florida State game in Tallahassee is going to be our first ACC like this could happen game. We almost Mm -hmm. expect it to possibly happen. I really hope that uh, that's the that's the week after Boston College, or is that the week after the bye week after Western, and then is it Florida State? No, no, we, no. Uh, so it's Western Florida State the next weekend, and then you have a bye. And okay. Then we have at so Wake, at Wake Forest. If that's I the think. case, then my hope is that Western Kentucky brings like forty thousand fans, so that it feels like an away game, so that they can just get prepared for what away games feel like. Even well, though, I, I look think, at Florida State game. If you didn't see that crowd against Boise State, there was nobody there. No, I, I, like, a lot of that had to do with the hurricane. But. Western will travel. Man. Nashville's a forty-five oh, minute. I know. Drive. Yeah, look, yeah, I mean it's literally under an hour. Well, to get from, there's seventy thousand seats WKU's in the stadium. Campus. So I mean, yeah. if both if both fans bring twenty thousand people. Like it's it's gonna be ruckus, but it's still a wide. That open stadium's stadium. been good to me because as a WKU like college student, I talk so much crap to UK students during that game, and then we yeah. at least like Bobby still like thankfully won that game. Did you for beat us, like, anybody up? I was like thirty to seventeen. Did you no. beat anybody up? No, we just you didn't flex afterwards. Possibly. No, I wasn't even strong back then. I just drank a lot of beer. I was just <laughs> fluffy. That's, and, what, I, that's what I'm saying pudgy. about myself right now. I'm not even strong right now. I just drink a lot of beer and pretty fluffy. Just, they would be like, do something. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back and have yeah. another, beer. another beer. All right, yeah, guys, no. thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you guys next week. Hopefully, we are talking about the first win in almost 52 weeks. That's right. Talk about Louisville going one and one and scoring a ton of points. Yeah. Right. Go cards, baby. Yep. Thanks.